This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. We're starting a new season of the podcast today, and we've had a great time talking about building a thriving church culture. I hope we left you wanting more because we do have more for you. It will happen on March the 7th at our Sharper Conference in West Palm Beach, Florida, where it is sunny and warm all year round, especially in March. You can check out all the great workshops at sharperconference.com. Sign up today. Bring your whole team. It is a perfect time to come to South Florida, and our team at Family Church will look forward to meeting you. Leslie Bennett. Our Family Church Communications Director is here with me in studio, and she will be at Sharper. I sure will, and I know our whole team will be there because you told them to they be there. They have to. They're good. Believe me, they'll be there. <laughs> but honestly, in our culture, we like to do what our leader asks us to do. We do it because we want to do it. We get to do it, not because we have to do it. That's right. And as we shift to a new season, I want to tell our listeners, hopefully something that they will want to do and get to do, which is tune in to church for the rest of us. We have a lot to look forward to. We're going to introduce some new topics that we're wrestling through, and then we're going to have some guests on the podcast to talk them through with us. And we're going to talk to the very best of the best. And we're going to ask them for principal strategies and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have. We're going to continue figuring out how we can all do church for the rest of us. And our first topic is really an important one. I know it's one we talk about a lot here at it Family is. Church, one that you're passionate about. Jimmy, we're going to talk about what we can do to increase young leader engagement. So crucial for every church. If you're not doing that, you're dying. That's right. So our conversation today is with John Aiken, who's the Director of Young Leader Engagement at the North American Mission Board. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Glad you guys are back with us. Today, I'm in our studio here at Family Church in West Palm Beach, and I'm with Jonathan Aiken. John is the Director of Young Leader Engagement for the North American Mission Board. Also with us today is Leslie Bennett, the Director of Communications for Family Church. Welcome to both of you guys to the podcast. Great to be here. Yep. Great to be here again, Jimmy. Yeah. Glad that you guys are here. And John, especially, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. You and I met when you were in high school. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about our relationship and how that all started and uh, what's grown to be a really, really dear friendship. It really has. So we moved to Louisville, Kentucky when I was a sophomore in high school. And then right about that year, you came as the youth pastor at Heidi Baptist Church where I was a member. And so my three brothers and I were in your youth group. And then when I got into college, you specifically started to mentor me for ministry. And so we would meet at McDonald's on Friday mornings and walk through. I was trying to help you with your health care plan. Big time. Yeah. (laughs) The freshman freshman 15 is what you were helping me with. And uh, we would go through scripture reading, prayer, just sanctification, discipleship. And so you became a, a mentor to me and, and it really helped shape me as a as a minister of the gospel. And so our families have been friends for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. And so, John, your dad was the dean of the School of Theology at Southern Seminary, where I attended at the time. And now, of course, he's the president at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. And so, you know, your dad and your mom have influenced Christian and me in our parenting and our marriage and our ministry so much. 
and it just really is a joy. And then, then of course, your younger brother, Tim, was a pastor here and helped us launch one of our churches here out in the Wellington area in Palm Beach County. And Leslie, glad you're with us as well. It's always uh, fun to be together doing these podcasts. It sure is. It's so fun to have John here today. It's great to meet you as Tim was the first Aiken that I met and got to serve with here at Family Church. So we love Tim and it's great to meet part of his family. And I'd love to know more about your current family, your situation, and what you're doing at the North American Mission Board. Yeah. So I met my wife, Ashley, at Southern Seminary. She was getting a, a master's degree in counseling. I was doing Needed counseling, so. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely <laughs> did. And so we got married, and in that first year, we had a baby, and I became the campus pastor at Valley Station Campus of Highview Baptist Church, and I started my PhD okay. uh, while we had a preemie who was in the NICU. Mm. And wow. so it was, a, it was a busy year, but God was good to us through all that. And since then, I've, I've pastored in the Nashville area of Tennessee, and I've just now lately come to the North American Mission Board, my wife, Ashley, and our three kids, Maddie, Emma Grace, and Judson. And I'm overseeing our young leader ministry, which is a brand new thing that we started about a year and a half ago. The research has shown us that over the last 25 years, the percentage of pastors in America under the age of 40 has fallen from 33% to 15%. And so Barna has concluded that the church in the decades to come is facing a massive leadership shortage. And so what we're trying to do is, is address that shortage and, and try to engage young leaders and young pastors and help develop them so that they can stay in the race and finish their course. And so that's what we're trying to do is, is provide them coaching, resourcing, and mentorship so they can continue to develop as leaders and as shepherds. All right. So, John, let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, our tribe, our primary network here at Family Church is the Churches of the Southern Baptist Convention. And we have a high priority on that relationship and that set of relationships. And yet, all of us do have this sense that we may be losing a generation. And I don't know if we're losing a generation because they're going elsewhere or because they're just not there. Why do you think it is that uh, reaching a younger generation of pastors is a challenge for us as Southern Baptists? Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think the pool is getting is getting smaller. I think yep. you're definitely right about that. I think that, and we've talked about this some, I think that in the one, the positive benefit of the missional movement has been getting to see every every Christian to see that they're an ambassador for Christ, that they're to have a mission to be, uh, you know, even whether it's as a ball coach or every as a vocation is holy. Every vocation is holy, and and you're using that to 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 display the glory of God among all the nations and to reach people for Christ. But we've lessened, I think, this kind of special vocation of being called out for specifically for pastoral ministry or even for cross-cultural missionary ministry. And so I, I think we're calling out, fewer people feel called, quote unquote, to special ministry in terms of pastoral ministry. And so that's one of the challenges we have. And then just culturally in the Southern Baptist Convention, one of the challenges I think we saw, and I think we're, we actually are seeing the tide turn a little bit, was a lot of younger guys associated right or wrongly the, the Southern Baptist Convention with legalism, Pharisaism, traditionalism, that, you know, this is we're about what we're against rather than what we're for. And they saw all these other networks that looked like they were positive. We're about the gospel. We're about church planting. We're about reaching culture. We're about reaching cities. And that became more attractive and appealing. And so they were leaving to go to those networks. I think what we've seen though is one, we've kind of tidied up our house in the SBC. And so we've got great gospel-centered mission boards and agencies, and Kevin Ezell is doing a great job at North American Mission Board, IMB, ERLC, all these, uh, our seminaries are, are the best in the world. 
And so these networks are now actually starting to partner with Southern Baptists and with our mission agencies and saying, hey, you have things that we don't have. And so we want to be engaged in that. And so I think we are seeing a tide turn a little bit to where it it can be somewhat cool and not nerdy to associate and to partner with the Southern <laughs> Baptist Convention again. But going back to what you said originally, John, do you think this is a Southern Baptist issue or do you think it's a societal issue? I think to what Jimmy's talking about in terms of his question, it is a societal issue in terms of the Christendom in America is shrinking, mm-hmm. right? And so the pool is more is more uh, is shallower, but I do think there is a specific Southern Baptist issue that we have had, but that we are addressing. And with again the the Great Commission resurgence and this kind of emphasis on gospel centered ministry, and even hey, it's okay to change our methods as long as we have we have a theological confession that mm-hmm. is that is solid, but also broad enough to include a lot of partners. And so we have a theological base that's sound. But we can tinker about how we do church and, and methodology to try to try new things and reach people. And so we're seeing that happen. And we're even seeing it celebrated some, need to see it celebrated more. And I think we'll have more people engage. All right. So so let's talk about this. So there's other networks that are out there that are church planting networks uh, that are similar to, say, Southern Baptist theologically maybe even methodologically. Like, first of all, could you just name, like, what kind of, what networks are we talking about? Talking Acts 29, you're talking before, you know, you had, what's the one in Chicago, A Harvest, you have, okay. I mean, you have all these different, who, who had big charismatic yeah. leaders who okay. had followings, and they, they were seen as cutting edge and doing these cool things, and people, and they were doing great, so I want to say they were doing great things, and so I'm, I'm right. thankful for all of those right. churches, and so they were doing And a lot really of our things. friends are in those networks and, and of, lead yeah, those networks. And, and a lot of those people actually partnered with Southern Baptists. And at the time, like the North American Mission Board wasn't- So like 10 years ago, 10 15 years, years ago, ago. Okay. Before Kevin Ezell was not focused on church planting and was, didn't have rigorous assessments, didn't have rigorous coaching and and these kinds of things. And and so other people did and were doing them. And so the guys who were passionate about reaching cities and about planting churches said, man, I'm, I'm just going to go where it feels like the movers and shakers are. All right. So what about uh, networks that are like Sojourn or Pillar Network that actually a lot of those, if not the majority of those churches are Southern Baptists? What, what are those? Yeah. So those were created in terms of even Acts 29, the majority of their churches are Southern Baptists. Okay. But those were created, I think, to have a specific DNA that, again, is in line basically with the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, but has some specific emphases that they want like to- Like what? Well, like with, I can't speak to Sojourn really, but but like with, with Pillar, I think it would be more meaningful membership, like church discipline, recovering the mark, the true marks of the church. So it's like emphasizing like those kinds of things. Like nine marks-ish. But not in, to in the same level. to that level, but okay. just like the, the classic re- Reformation marks right. of the church. Right. And, and But making it distinctly Baptist. Mm-hmm. And so they none of the churches they plant are, are non-Baptist. Right. Or non-Southern Baptist. And so Acts 29 is going to manhood, you know, plurality, more reformed, whatever. Like those were distinctives that are not inconsistent with the Baptist faith and message, but, but are a specific... A flair or They're flavor. more precise than the yeah, Baptist. Exactly. Okay. All right. So don't you think that most people got into those networks, though, because of affiliation, not because of some product of that network? Well, I think, yes, affiliation, and it was personality right. that they resonated with. 
I do think that they saw these success stories okay. and said, I want to be a part of that. And so in the same way that in a previous generation, it was seeker sensitive, it was Willow Creek, it right. was, it was you know, uh, Rick Warren saying, man, these guys are seeing success, they're seeing lost people saved. That's what I want my life to be about and count for. And so that's what they, they said. And so again, the Southern Baptist Convention, I think part of it though was a misunderstanding about the Southern Baptist Convention because the SBC is so broad and so varied that you can think things aren't happening there when there's a lot of things that actually are happening. Mm-hmm. And you can say, you can try to pigeonhole every church to be like, you know, some rural First Baptist or whatever, but they're they're not all like that. They're not all the same. And so there's a, a lot of places in the SBC where really cool things are happening. And so part of what I've been trying to do, even before I came into this role and why I think I was brought into this role is trying to appeal to young guys and say, Hey, don't bash what's going on because here these things that are happening, like you're going to resonate with them and really be excited about it. And Leslie, I'd be interested in your comment on this. And then John, maybe you can interact. So one of the things that I would think that a lot of younger leaders are cautious about when it comes to the SBC would be kind of our posture and our tone when it comes to racial issues, when it comes to immigration issues, and when it comes to gender issues. And a lot of people have some preconceived notions, um, some well-deserved about where Southern Baptists are on these issues. Leslie, you're a woman. You and your husband are intellectuals. So like, tell me kind of your perception of Southern Baptists as a whole on these things. And I'd love for John to respond to that. Well, sure. I think that we've talked about this on the podcast some already, Jimmy, and we've looked at this issue extensively here at Family Church. And I do think that things are changing as someone who's been in a Southern Baptist church since 1993. I've seen a lot of changes over the years as we've, you know, addressed some of the issues that are going on in our society and being more forward looking with some of those things. And we're doing that here at Family Church. And I think as a whole, we're doing it, like you said, in pockets of the Southern Baptist. So it's almost more of getting the message out there in a more accurate way, the things that are happening. And we're just beginning to tell people more about what we're really truly like instead of maybe what we used to be like as we've come more recently. Yeah, I would say, so when it comes to even like gender issues and, and, and diversity, I think that our theology is, is sound. I think that our, our resolutions, like what we say even since 1996, since the, 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 the resolution on slavery and our confession of that, that's the sin of our origin, what we say has been right over the last 20 to 25 years, we've not always put it into practice and, mm-hmm. and changing culture in, in terms of those things. And then, and then and some of it's not ill will, it's just unaware, like they're just not aware of some of these issues right. and they're not interacting with people who are affect, who, who are facing those issues every day. But when we're planting churches all over the country, we're planting in inner cities and then they, these pastors, these African-American Hispanic pastors hear about some of the things that are being discussed at the Southern Baptist Convention or hear about some Baptist church over here that may be affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention who's not admitting still in 2000. Not yeah, admitting, they're fully embracing redneck theology yeah, in every not form. A, not admitting black people in the membership in the church. Right. And, it's always and what makes the press, the news focuses yeah, on the those extremes. things, the extreme issues. And so that's what the general population sees and hears. And we have to work harder to get out the true message of what's really happening. Yeah, I think we have to point to what I've tried to do with young leaders is point to the positive examples. Not only are we saying the right things, We've elected an African-American president. We have elected multiple African-American Hispanic vice presidents in the SBC. Now we have vice presidents, not just in elected 
like termed, but who are being brought into the cabinets and like the leadership of our institutions, like who have budgets that can hire and fire people. Like that's, it's not just one or two years of like kind of a appointing a couple of people here and then you have no influence after mm-hmm. that. And so we, we need to do better at that, but we're, we're making strides. People got upset about the resolution on the alt-right and kind of the initial stumbling, but it's like, but we did get it right. Okay. So, right. Like, so yes, there was a little stumble, but we did get it right. And 25 years ago, we probably wouldn't have got it right. Mm. Okay. And so let's be encouraged about the positive steps that we're taking. And then what we're doing at, at North American Mission Board is planting churches. I mean, a lot of our churches are multi-ethnic churches. And so I think that through that, we, we can shift a culture. And and also what, we, what we're doing is Guys like Dahati Lewis, who's the vice president of Sin Network, and J.D. Greer, who's the president of the SBC, are putting together videos and curriculum that are helping to saying, listen, some of these Southern Baptists, again, it's not just, it's not ill will, it's just not aware. And so let's lovingly go to our brothers and sisters and try to walk them through these issues and help them get to a place of awareness and where they can engage. And so it's, we're a big family, and with a big family, there comes all kinds of Peculiar mm-hmm. crazy right. uncles, you yeah, that you got to deal with. Got the crazy relatives, <laughs> well, listen, John. <laughs> so, so let's 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 shift gears a little bit. We've talked about a lot of reasons why maybe younger pastors might not want to be a part of the Southern Baptist Convention and places that they've gone. Let's talk about why they should, because you and I are of one mind, and we've been having this same conversation for literally twenty years. Mm-hmm. Why should a younger pastor who is theologically aligned with us? Why should we be their tribe? Why should we be the place where they network? Yeah. So, so give me just a, just a second to talk about this because. The issue for me is not saving the Southern Baptist Convention. The issue for me is not saving is probably not the right word, but being engaged in cooperative mission. Because we we recognize that while denominations and conventions are not in the Bible, churches partnering with churches to get further than they could go by themselves is in the Bible. And that's what the whole book of Romans is about, right? Paul's like, y'all help me get to Spain because I can't get there if y'all don't help me. And so I want to be a part of that movement. Because here's the crazy thing. Like, I don't know about you. When I... When Jesus says, like, my favorite verse in the Bible right now is the is the last verse in the book of John. Because the last verse, it, John says, man, Jesus did a lot more stuff than this. And if we wrote all of them down, all the books in the world couldn't contain that. It's like, man, that's awesome. Like, I want to hear those that's right. stories. But in that same gospel— He's done a lot more stuff since that was written, <laughs> that's too. Right. That's in, that same, in that same yeah. gospel, J- Jesus says— it's better for you if I go away because when the Spirit comes, mm. you're going to do greater works than I've done. And the first time I read that, I was like, that's got to be a hyperbole. How, how, what's better than walking on water? But it's like like right now, I'm not trying to be too sensational here, but Jesus fed 5,000 people in one day. The North American Mission Board through Sin Relief during the hurricane disasters was feeding 30,000 people a day. Was, 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 and that's just, that's one, organization. That's just one, one organization place. doing one thing to help hurting people. Jesus, you know, at, at, he took 12 men and he changed the world. We've got like 15,000 students in our seminaries that are being trained to turn the world upside down. Jesus never went internationally. And we've got 4,000 missionaries on the international mission field among the most unreached people in the world. Jesus never planted a church. And Nam has a goal of planting 1,200 churches a year. And so because we've been empowered by the Spirit and we're cooperating together as the body of Christ, we have opportunities to send missionaries internationally to the International Mission Board that the church has really not had in its history. We have opportunities to plant churches here in the United States and Canada with resources that, that are just unbelievable. We have the opportunity to train seminary students, men and women who can be trained in the gospel and how to reach people and counsel and preach and plant churches and that nobody else has. We have the best seminaries in the world. 
and through sin relief we got we have an opportunity to be there for disaster relief efforts to help with orphan care churches to learn how to do adoption orphan care human tra- address human trafficking all these different things like physical and spiritual needs that that we get to meet in all these incredible ways just because we're partnering together. So that's why up. I think we should be right be here. <laughs> that makes and me I'm, that makes me want to be a part of what you're doing. That's amazing. And it's on a scope and a scale bigger than anybody else in the world and it's theologically aligned. It's all confessional and nobody else has that and that's why for all of our problems and all of our warts and all of our crazy uncles to me the Southern Baptist Convention represents the greatest opportunity for partnership, the greatest opportunity for network and encouragement, and the greatest opportunity for investment of our lives, our prayers, our our membership, our finances, all of it. And so I'm glad that we're doing that. And let me, let me ask you this, John, what are you actually doing? Like, what are you trying to do to Velcro in younger leaders and get them Velcroed into this network. Yeah, there's a couple of different things we're trying to do. One, we're right now creating an, an institute, Timothy Barnabas Institute, that's going to pair younger pastors with seasoned leaders as coaches. And so it does two things. One, we're going to put them in a cohort of about 10 other younger pastors who are in a similar situation to them that they can learn from, create a brotherhood with, and then pair them with an older coach that over a two year period is going to walk them through all kinds of issues from their family life to prayer life, to their evangelism life, to organizational leadership, staff building, all those different things so they can be sharpened as better shepherds, better leaders. And and so there's going to be both the relational aspect of their peers and this coach and the coaching aspect. We are creating a resource library for younger pastors that's just going to be free resources for them to help them in their preaching and their leadership and their decision-making. We are creating environments where young leaders can just hang out and develop relationships. That's part of one of the things we're trying to do is at conferences like the Sharper conferences coming up here, we're trying to create hangout environments where there's they feel like, man, this is a team that I know the guys, I know their hearts, I know the gals, and I want to be part of this team and I want to be part of this tribe. And so those are kind of the things we're, we're doing is coaching, informal hangouts, intentional resourcing. That's what we're that's what So we're when doing. you talk about leaders, who are you talking about exactly? Who is your target? So in the SBC, a mm-hmm. younger leader under the age of 45. <laughs> oh, and that's just, oh. that is a, an I'm arbitrary. Seasoned. I'm seasoned. So you get to you Do get you to like pour that into word, seasoned. Yeah, I'm seasoned. The seasoned leader. I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid saying older. Old. <laughs> yeah, Nobody likes that word. Nobody does. I'm a legacy so, leader. There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, under 45, it's arbitrary. There's no there's no biblical verse that says mm-hmm. this is old young. But we just again looking at those numbers of about the way that the pastorate 40 and under, 45 and under has has started to decline. We said, man, we want to really intentionally focused there. But honestly, we're also doing the same with uh, with leaders over 45. Mm-hmm. Thank God we're for gonna that. We're going to start, yeah, we've, we've got guys who are- But are these are, lead pastors primarily, primarily is what you're looking pastors, for? pastors, but also those who are going to be lead pastors or who are campus pastors. Okay. Mainly in terms of, if you think about this way, what, what Family Church is doing and other churches, people who are preaching weekly, shepherding, holding a team accountable, like th- those are the kind of people that- who, who need to be involved in this kind of thing. And so whether it's a campus pastor or senior pastor, those those are the kind of people or teaching pastor who are engaged in this kind of thing. Well, John, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing. We love the North American Mission Board and the partnership that we have 
with them. And the North American Mission Board, NAM, as we call them for short, is a sponsor of this year's Sharper Conference. And I think John and some of, some folks from his team are going to be with us this year at Sharper. We plan to have a gathering for younger pastors the night before the conference so that we can be talking about this and modeling these things as kind of a precursor to Sharper Conference. If you're interested, I'd like you to register today at sharperconference.com and we'll make sure you get an invite to be part of that event. Now, one last thing, John, there are probably some folks listening to our podcast today that are not part of the Southern Baptist Convention. That is not their tribe. That is not their network. Some of these guys are in independent churches. Some of them are in other networks, but they may have an interest in connecting with the Southern Baptist Convention and what's happening with Send North America how would they do that? Who can they contact if they have an interest in getting more information about how they can be a part of this tribe? Yeah, so they, they can actually con- contact me, and my email is just jaken at nam.net. So j-a-k-i-n at n-a-m-b.net. And I actually, that's part of what I do is is help on-ramp churches that want to partner with us and be engaged in what we're doing. And if you're a church for the rest of us listener, I'd encourage you to do that if that's something that you're you're open to. And we're so proud to partner with the North American Mission Board. John, Leslie, thanks for being here. And thank you for listening to Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or Check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.